Hello everyone, good evening. Uh, welcome back to Mindset Explosion. And tonight we are talking about overcoming anxiety. So I got a lovely guest coming on. It's one of my clients actually. So I'm super excited, a qualified therapist. Uh, well, let's bring Gemma on. Hello Gemma, hello. Hello uh, again. Hello again, yeah. We've just had a good chat. So we'll be finding out a bit more about what you do. So um, very quickly, before we get into the, the this evening, what is it you do? So I am a counsellor, well, I'm an integrative therapist, um, and I work in private practice at the minute. Brilliant, brilliant. All right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about maybe you know, some tips on overcoming anxiety. And because we, we found it was quite a good one to do, especially now, we're just about to come out of another lockdown in the UK. I, I, I got some viewers in the States that are just going into a lockdown, actually, a, a, so hopefully we got some tips for there. But um, what's the general feel? Well, how has your year been? <laughs> Pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think, I don't know, there's a general universal feeling, I think, where we're all sort of responding to things that we never thought we'd be responding to in ways that we never thought we'd have to respond. I mean, I think in March, you know, where all of the pandemic news was kind of heightening, I was very much sat in a place of, hmm, how, how bad can it be? <laughs> what can go on here? And, you know, kind of overnight, I found myself actually working, you know, having to switch to online work, which I wouldn't have in a million years considered previously. Um, so that's been a huge, I think, shift for me in terms of how you think differently about how you sort of engage with people, um, especially with counselling, because it's so personal and you're dealing with people who are, are vulnerable and, you know, typically actually being in close contact with people is really important. Um so it was a real big shift, but I'll be honest, it's not been as bad as I thought it was going to be. And as time has gone on, you know, there was initial sort of like, oh, yeah, I don't think, you know, maybe counselling in that forms for me, which, you know, is absolutely fine. But, but yeah, as, as time's gone on, you know, I've really settled into the work. And I, I've been amazed, to be honest with you, how helpful I think people are finding it and the work you can do on online <laughs> yeah yeah I guess it is quite different so I, I suppose like you said most people are probably used to you know being in, um, in the same room I guess um, so have, have you found that you've had has there been an increase with uh, people contacting you or how would that work um, well I mean initially I think there was a bit of a shock phase where you know where there's so much uncertainty people didn't know whether they're going to have jobs and of course that's still present for a lot of people um so things weren't dead for quite quite a while but certainly coming out of the first lockdown i think being perhaps either isolated on their own or isolated with family for example I think people really encountered the fact that it was quite difficult, the difficult circumstances yeah. to carry on if there were underlying 
things that you're holding on to you know we can't we haven't got our normal distractions of everyday life and sort of things to occupy so it really um kind of brought that to light for a lot of people as as well as you know the distress that people might have suffered as a result of COVID. so it's it's picked up things yeah. are picking up quite yeah. a bit i think yeah. so because you you've got when we're talking just now it, uh, you really made me think about it because you got involved in counseling quite um really quite a young age so what mm. you know, what inspired that it sounds like you got your calling in what you want to do quite young um which is great um how did this all come about what what where did we... <laughs> <laughs> right on the spot there <laughs> straight to the heart of it yeah <laughs> um well like i was saying to you i feel extremely um fortunate to have found something that for me provides a huge amount of meaning in my life and I think we as people are meaning making machines yeah. <laughs> and that's really kind of quite pivotal to a sense of well-being so I feel really lucky to have found that but I think for me it was like trying to make sense of the world um, and as I was saying to you I was you know sort of had a bit of a decision to make about which degree I did initially um, kind of went with psychology in the end because I found it interesting but it was kind of only when I did a counselling module and it just like a light bulb moment where it was like ah this this is you know the thing that I'm really kind of drawn to and I think it was a lot about trying <laughs> just trying to make sense of the world because what I was aware of from a very young age was Sometimes the way in which people engage, there's a real uh, lack of congruence between what's happening, you know, on a surface level between that and what's actually going on. So it was kind of like a way of, and I can say this with hindsight because I'm not sure I was aware of this being yeah. the reason at the time, but it was really about trying to find a framework for understanding myself and you know what's going on for other people that feels real it feels authentic i think sometimes we really present a face to the world yeah that's just in no way representative of what's going on internally oh to yeah I, I agree with that I, and i um so i guess you know observing that it was just more it, it put you in that direction but do you think is it was it like you kind of wanted to help others or serve others or was it you know it was more that interest in it and it's just evolved from there i think yeah there's that really does resonate because i think you know there's obviously something in my makeup because i've only ever worked in helping professions yeah. um and you know i think i find a value in that somewhere but as i say equally it was you know partly about i i needed to understand you know what's going yeah. on what, what you know where are you and what's happening and yeah somehow i had to become a therapist but i think i said again to you that i absolutely love what i do i mean it's not easy work but i, I consider myself just so privileged to have 
you know, that position with somebody where, you know, it takes an awful amount of courage and bravery to decide that you're going to take a look at your stuff. You know, it's in essence making ourselves vulnerable. And yeah, I mean, it, it is just such a hugely privileged position to be able to do that with people and quite singular, you know, you don't often get to see that even even in our closest relationships, you know. Yeah. never really kind of know exactly what another person's experience is so yeah so i guess it does it it must it's almost like are you kind of like putting the glasses on that they're wearing to a degree to understand about them more and then uh, what happens what's the process do, is it understanding where they are do you is it a chance to talk or you know give some direction as well well i think you know, essentially, it's a way of stepping alongside. So I guess your role as a therapist is to step alongside somebody in their experience, obviously, without judgment. Mm -hmm. And empathy is about, you know, placing yourself in another's position and holding a space of compassion and kindness around that. Um, so it's kind of like really getting to know somebody from their perspective, given you know, maybe their past experiences, their view on the world, the things that are really important to them. But then, you know, you have to remain sort of one foot in, one foot out, if you like, and and oh, I guess hold that objective viewpoint. And, you know, there are loads of different theoretical models um, around counselling. I'm an integrative therapist, so... My training was in several different modalities and the integration being that, you know, it, it's about finding what works for each client. So um, you might draw on a little bit of this theory for somebody, a little bit of that, take some from here, there and everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but <laughs> within the realm of what I'm yeah. trained. And finding out what is a useful structure for to for that person to one help understand their process um as as well as kind of offering you know helpful thoughts because you know it's a common myth i think that people have about therapy that your therapist is going to have the answers and we don't <laughs> <laughs> and i think i do say that to people you know when they first come in you know it's like I, I don't actually have the answers here for you and sometimes it's quite a, a deflated sort of oh well I thought you know I was just going to turn up and you tell me what to do and it's like well it's not really like that it's kind of what we're going to do is try and work out together your frame of reference your place of understanding and with your experience you know kind of trying to understand you a bit better given what maybe you'd like to work on i've totally forgotten where we started as well <laughs> but that makes that does make total sense that I, I i wanted to say actually that you are you come across very empathic um and there's that there is that care in nature about you obviously you know i know you, you you're at, um training with us but even just speaking to you before we came on air it, it, um it, yeah like just speaking it's not intrusive but 
I, I just feel that you're, you're a person that's very easy to talk to. And I quite like the idea that, you know, you're not, you know, just not this way. You, you, you find what's right for that person. I think that's really important, actually, because everyone is different. Uh, you know, I know from teaching, everyone learns differently. And um, I guess that you, you get, I guess, so if I was to come for a session, it would be, I like looking more inside. I think once we start to look inside, I guess we start to unlock certain things that we can then work on. And is that, is that about right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think when <laughs> there's something I've noticed, I've always struggled to kind of in conversation with people. You know, if you say, um, you know, it's, it's one of the initial things that people might ask about you, isn't it? In, in the form of social communication is what you do. And it's like, if you if I respond and say, well, I'm a therapist, you know, well, people ask very direct questions about, well, what what do you do then? What does that mean? And what's that like? And it always throws me, or it all, you know, for a long time actually, it really kind of took me aback. So I was like, well, I don't really know how to explain to you that there isn't a, you know, a universal therapy session. There isn't a universal relationship between any client and therapist. You know, every relationship is it is. Of its own creation, and the journey that people go on is in, is just unique in its own way. So, you know, it would seem really incongruent to me to kind of say, "Well, that's that's the framework that I work from, and that's the pigeonhole that you're going to sit in." And you know, I, I would say that on the whole, you know, there are therapies that are for specific kind of issues and you know that that's absolutely fine but I think on the whole that like the idea of integration is much more popular than it it was previously and people kind of get that we can't just sit in one place with somebody and that's the only place we can sit yeah I, I think so I think personally I, I if me I prefer that then it's um I think that's quite important and 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 it's more it's it feels more honest um, more genuine, I suppose, than honest. More, more genuine that you know that you, you're kind of saying, "Look, I don't know, I can't solve it, but but you're there." And I think just knowing someone's there that that is working with you, and mm. uh, someone that's you know out, outside of any other um, friendship relationship, it, for whatever the reason may be, it's just a a neutral person to be able to talk to, and and I think that way because you're not emotionally attached. With um, that person, you can give the best advice as well, and because you know, obviously you've studied you know, these different areas, then it, I think it, it just seems like a much sim simpler way forward when someone is feeling however they may be feeling, um, I guess. But you've, you've so you're working um, like you're independent now, but you you got a lot of experience with charity. Was it a charity you was working for? Yeah. So. Um my background was with um, the Alzheimer's Society and Carers Gloucestershire. So um, initially I was working with people with dementia. Um, yeah, and I, I used to love that work, you know, it was fantastic. So I used to be able to sort of run groups for people. I mean, this has kind of been alongside my study as well. So you'd qualify and took a certain amount of years, but and sometimes I was working part-time and studying or on placement but 
I used to absolutely love it. So I'd run groups for people with dementia, you know, support groups for carers, um, and, you know, singing for the brain groups. And, yeah, I, I kind of then moved, stepped over to a different charity, which was Carers Gloucestershire. Um, and, yeah, just eventually completed my training and just thought after a while, I, you know, I kind of like, this is where I want to be working. and yeah took the leap into being self-employed which was quite a scary little little jump but honestly yeah to be doing what I think you know as you were saying actually doing something that you enjoy and doing that on a full-time basis you know is a real blessing I think with counselling it's something you have to be boundaried about though you know it's kind of that's been a learning curve for me as well um you know I'm now very protective about the time in my day where I kind of have time for exercise and and things like that but yeah it's it's come over time I think and it's it's been a process so I I guess because we're talking about anxiety did you out was there any anxieties that you had about going you know on your own and um them really yeah all of them (laughs) (laughs) it's normal right (laughs) oh absolutely i mean again you know we're talking about sort of that jump that you might make and it's one of the things that i i just sometimes feel very um it feels a shame because counseling inherently is confidential you know it, it what happens in the counseling session stays there so it's not like I come home from work at the end of the day and can talk to anybody about Yeah, I know. <laughs> it might have been that someone's had this amazing experience and at least you know you're really uplifted by it. Mm. But I just really, really do appreciate when other people are able to kind of make those big leaps. But you know they don't come easily i don't think anything really does like that and i know from my own experience that oh the list of things i could probably <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I myself up about was endless and it took yeah. me a long time it took me maybe sort of six months of thinking oh i'm gonna do it oh yeah okay maybe maybe next month maybe next month maybe next month but I also think that that's part of the process sometimes, you know, it's kind of like when you stood on a diving board and it's the sort of the moments you're there bouncing, waiting for it to happen, you know, all of those parts of any process have just as much value as the thing itself. And then, I like Yeah, I like that analogy. It reminded me when I used to go on the diving board and be holding on and like, shall we, shall we? <laughs> and then you get, you become more confident until you finally take that step forward, isn't it? Um, yeah. Because we've doing it for five. We've had a, a message of Grace. Good chat, guys. Oh, thank you. Thanks, <laughs> <I'm> Grace. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that happens all the time. But so how do you deal with Because I know the same. I'm not nowhere, you know, nothing like what, what you're, you're doing, but. Um, and then, you know, when we were talking just before we came on, it is a, I have to, you know, listen to a, people's lives, not have to, you know, people have 
come from to us sometimes for a reason yeah uh, it's something to move and it, it's just a therapy of a different sort for them yeah so it, it is quite um you know you, you get you kind of hear their problems and, and sometimes it well, I was shocking it and you hear the the highs when they it's well, I'm gonna do this now and and it's so amazing very uplifting how yeah. do you how do you deal with that way because I expect sometimes it, it can it must be quite hard when you're hearing some sad stories like how do you kind of un offload that and keep you know for that if for yourself does that make sense yeah I mean I think it's a reality of of therapy that you know people come to you often because they're struggling or they're dealing with something that's you know really very difficult or they've come in a crisis and you know you're that person that they come to for help and they come to to work through something with um so I think you know that's not to be kind of underestimated but I think my supervisor, you know, there's there's a couple of elements to this. So my supervisor once said something to me, and I just it just rang so true. And I think he was like, the capacity to be shocked is one of the first casualties of a therapist. So, you know, very quickly you learn that people are hugely varied, and you know, people open up with sometimes the darkest aspects or the the heaviest aspects of their experiences and yeah you know I think initially you know I would have as a very early therapist it would have been like oh my goodness it you know it feels it feels huge the things that you're sharing and it's not that it doesn't feel like that now I just think experiences also help me to kind of hold that in a way that you know it, it it feels a bit easier as as time yeah. goes on, but I do, and you do have to be very, as I said, boundaried. It is part of my um, obligation as a therapist and part of my ethics and you know the 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 ethical framework to that that I sort of work to. Um, you know, you have to be very mindful about where you are in terms of your capacity. So things like looking after yourself and setting boundaries and maintaining that and keeping sure that things are in good order generally overall for yourself is pivotal yeah i guess because if you you are you, you're trying to help or guide or you know serve you know these people that obviously you know some must be carrying quite a lot so i guess you can't help anyone until you've helped yourself and i, I made that mistake in the past i just forgot about myself a little bit too much and then it it, it became you know it it wasn't good then i suppose for i was able to still help and guide but it became quite really draining as, as well and i guess those boundaries are important because you've been doing it five years now as a uh, well five years in private practice yeah seven or eight overall um, yeah so yeah, but I mean, within that, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, but alongside that, you know, life happens and you kind of take into consideration this year, it's, you know, we're all living through the same pandemic and I've maybe got the same, I've had, you know, a lot of similar experiences as clients, you know, they, you know, all have the same worries or you kind of, you're sort of responding and it's a very reactive place we've been in this year you know often we've got to make big decisions about stuff 
and we're given 24 hours notice or a few days notice and then it's kind of a real reactionary thing um yeah i agree with that I, i've had my own reactions i used to get mm. out of my system sometimes on social media whether i should or not but then it i, I think for me that, that enables but you're right and I've, I've noticed even on some posts i've done and um you know maybe people everyone is very reactive at the moment and i think it's to be understood and it, mm. sometimes i guess from my point of view the worry can be like you can is not getting sucked into something because someone's reacting from their own point of view and their own feelings of emotions. And they maybe didn't always understand where, where you know, what, you know, a point that maybe I was making or something like that. So I think it's very easy for that at the moment, it's, which is, you know, I guess, you know, it's just taking a step back and understanding where, where we are at the moment. And I think that's a really interesting point actually. And I think you could say that, you know, we're all only ever reacting from our own stuff. Yeah. So it, <laughs> everything we kind of put out into the world is, you know, it, it's us and our stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's kind of like in some ways you think, you know, if we feel a little bit that someone's being a bit edgy with us, well, you know, the position that I'm always curious, I think, about well, what's going on for that person or what kind of behind that reaction and it, it's just that inherent in the therapeutic work anyway it's you know be curious is kind of something i say <laughs> I think that's a good one yeah i think that's good and I, like I, I guess i mean we've noticed it a little not you know with a few and um maybe people have behaved a little bit that's not themselves so we were oh that's a and then you find out it well it's something to do with maybe their career or you know where they're at at the moment yeah. um, and it is quite hard and everyone's like we all want to try and be kind um and and you know considerate it's difficult sometimes because you know and you think well, what why are they saying that that's where does this come from but of course i think um i think from our point of view it's a bit of a trust thing in that it just felt okay to you know to, to chat to us about a few things like i guess um fact make, i'm making sense now but it, it, it when, you know just talking about it now it make it it's helped me realize actually that yeah that, that, everyone's going for a lot because you've got your general life problems plus, you know there's people that are over uh, stressed out at the moment we've just over you know like nhs that a lot of probably overworked um feeling it and then there's people that unfortunately lost jobs. There's people in my position with businesses, and we're like, oh my god, yeah. you know, let's just get, just got to get through, get to the next step. And then some are probably worrying about well, what's going to happen. You know, I haven't gone back to work yet, or you know, we keep open, close, open, close. So I think that there is a lot, and I, I guess we're on that. It's like on the boiling point. We're going to tip all over at the moment. It can happen at any time. <laughs> Have you noticed that as well? Oh yeah, I mean, I think. <sighs> Just generally, there is so much that we are coping with, holding. You know, we're not meant, we're not built as human beings psychologically. We're not built to be in this sustained level of stress for such a long period of time. Um, you know, there are people, of course, at the minute who have had really, really life-changing experiences that have come out of the pandemic say um but as a whole you know we 
need a certain level of basic security to function well you know it's, it's a basic principle within psychology and you know, something that most people most people but people might be familiar with is that sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and on the very mm. base level of that is you know warmth security home you know these very being able to feed yourself they're so fundamental it's like <laughs> that's under threat for a lot of people you know if there's so much going on in the world where you know your threat to to your income or your livelihood uh, if all of that is so unstable you threat to your health you know you you can't kind of level up and yeah. that's a really really tricky place to hold yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think there is that sense of people feeling a lot more fatigued and perhaps less, resi- not less resilient, because I think it's probably taken a lot of resilience for people to kind of actually just muddle on through. Um, but, yeah, the reserves are low. Yeah, yeah. We've had some, um, my mum's watching. Oh, <laughs> 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 she used to be a secretary in um, a day hospital, so I think this is quite an interesting subject. But I'd, she often thought about counts, so I think she'd be a good one. And you, you got a message from Michelle. Oh, hi, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what 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 tips? I mean, something in you, you just remind me of something there, and it is like the human need. And I guess that's what where a lot of the time we kind of get thrown off balance in any situation there's maybe a, a human need isn't being met or yeah. we, we you know so yeah it's something's been knocked if it's grieving mm-hmm. uh, so what i mean is that generally the case is it with a lot of the people you talk to is it is it, is it sometimes down to where i know grief might be different i guess but is it where can it be where a human need just hasn't been met or they haven't are they able to look within and find what it is yeah i think i mean i'm talking about therapy specifically now um that that is just a fundamental part of that therapeutic process is kind of just trying to understand what isn't being attended to and you know if you're coming into therapy for example you might never have done it before the idea of kind of really listening to what you need even on a physical level can be quite foreign to some people um but it's so so important that we kind of are we have an awareness about where we are what we need whether that's in terms of kind of that inner child stuff or emotionally in response to what's going on and our resources and what is or isn't online given the circumstances but it is just, I would say, a real intrinsic tool to have in in our experience as people is to be is to be able to understand what we need. Again, I've forgotten the question. Yeah, so, yeah, that's no, good. That was a good answer. But I, I guess as well. So, is it that um, do people always know what they need prior to coming to to a session um, or, or sessions? Because I, I found with myself is that. I didn't really appreciate what my human needs were and I've I've come to realize more over time and it, it was a bit of an awakening for myself actually mm-hmm. I mean that's that's a really there's a really varied answer to that question so some yeah. people might come and know 
exactly what it is they need. Maybe they just don't know how to go about it. Sure. Or what they want. But I think there is also an element of having to learn self-awareness and learn to attune to to what is in your emotional language, what is in your emotional world and, and what that means for us. And it's, you know, emotional intelligence is something that's so pivotal to our well-being because without kind of understanding what we need, how can we ask to have those needs met? How can we go about putting in things that are going to support us and uplift us and make us more resilient and, and carry us forward? But it's not always something that we're taught. You know, it's it might be that we come from family systems where actually we don't talk about feelings. You know, we kind of just, you know, I think... A, we as a Western culture are really bad for it as well. We kind of just stiff up a lip and carry on sort of thing. And, and you know, we might not even have access to kind of the language that, that we use or the idea that experiencing all of our emotions in all of their depth and variation is, you know, a really important part of understanding who we are. So a again a large part of that therapeutic process can be about learning that and it's different for everybody so that yeah. journey is going to be different for everybody as well yeah and um, let's say um someone that wants to maybe come into you know has thought about it what what like who is therapy for basically because you know i guess a long time ago you just had to be at the end of your tether but that's not always the case is it no, not absolutely not. I mean, I think, it, you know, it's for everybody and it's not for everybody. Yeah. So I think if you've got an interest, if you'd like to understand more about yourself, if you're struggling in general, you know, you don't have to be in a crisis to come to therapy. You know, often people are when things have got really bad. But... I very much view it as a, a kind of great learning experience that we can have about ourselves. You know, where <laughs> where else in our kind of daily lives do we sit down for 50 minutes and sort of really start to, to learn deeply about our human experience? OK, you know, people might do that in many different ways, but on the whole, maybe not. Um, and I think, it, you know, it would be wrong to think that we can only access something like that if you know things have really really gone badly wrong for us um but then equally i would also say that you know therapy is not for everyone either and it you know it, it wouldn't be right for me to say that because yeah some people just don't get along well, with it yeah i guess it's like exercise isn't it it's yeah. like going to the gym or uh, having a sport it, it's it's one of them things that are there that will serve you, but you know, not everyone's going to enjoy that. Well, it is an exercise, I guess, really, isn't it? You, 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 you're working out just in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> working out your emotional muscles. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's important, I guess. It was you know, just. Go on. Well, I just think that's actually a really, a really interesting illustration because I think. It's another one of the misconceptions I think people can come in with is that 
or you know, I'll go for maybe a few sessions, or I'll go to just go to therapy, and the issues will be fixed, and you know, the thing will resolve itself. Or, you know, sometimes it's helpful to just offload and just talk. But if you want to bring about real fundamental change in your experience in your life, therapy is also work. <laughs> Yeah. And it can feel like work, you know. I've been through through that process myself, and sometimes it's it's really hard. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better as well. But there's a real kind of, you know, we can experience it as really challenging, um, and I I think that can come as a real surprise to people. Like, oh well, I've been here for a few sessions now, and how how come I'm not better? Or yeah. Yeah, whatever if it takes time, you know, you know, to exercise and get stronger at something and understand it, it, it of course it's got to take time. So, um, what what have you got advice for? Um, you know, what, what would be like a good um, course of action that someone's maybe are suffering anxieties at the moment that are maybe considering therapy or you know, is there any tips or tricks that obviously it's going to it's quite a broad question, but so it might be quite a broad answer. <laughs> but um, you get the idea. What what would be a what would be a good stepping stone? Well, I think if if you're looking for therapy specifically, uh, kind of start there and kind of maybe pull it out a bit. But if, if you were to want to go into therapy yourself, I think there are a few things that I would sort of just as an overall recommendation and. Firstly, I'd be like, shop around. <laughs> so all therapists, you know, they're all listed on, on directories. And I think your biggest instrument in in finding someone that is going to work for you is actually about how you feel talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's such an important thing um, in that process. So, you know, you've got free choice when you go to a therapist about who you work with. So, you know, it's, it's fundamentally important that we feel that we can build a good working relationship with someone. But also, you know, things like checking out that people are registered with the relative relevant bodies and, you know, their qualifications. And what I really like, actually, at the minute, you know, the directories on which you search for people um, they've got a lot of information about what different therapies are because I think when you kind of read stuff, it's it's psychological babble. I think to most people, you know, why would we understand half of what's written? But there's a lot of um, a lot of information there about what what things mean. And most therapists, you know, you can pick up the phone and you know, there's no charge to that. It's just can I have a bit of a conversation just to get started? Um, and then the next step in a process might be having an initial session. Um, you know, nobody's ever obliged to kind of carry on. And, you know, I think it's really good practice to sort of, you know, maybe go and see a few people about about things and just see who you have the best relationship with. So that's, you know, if you were thinking about going to therapy, but on a wider note, um, I think understanding that at the moment, at this point in time, after the year everybody has had, people are feeling exhausted, feeling, you know, really that things are a bit of a struggle and 
maybe what you're feeling isn't disproportionate to what's happening. We're not programmed to be in such survival measures all the time. We're not, you know, we are human beings that lean towards, you know, for, for our ultimate well-being, we need people around us. We need connection and meaningful contact with people. And yet we're living through isolation and that's not normal. Yeah. So kind of, I think, understanding... And I think people do take a comfort in understanding that, you know, we're not on our own as such. But it doesn't make it easier necessarily. And in response to that, I would say the best thing that you can do for yourself is treat yourself with absolute compassion. So I often hear people talking about, you know, ah, oh, this lockdown or, you know, this is a great time to sort of do this, do that do the other explore these things that maybe you've been wanting to for a long time and that's absolutely fantastic if you've got the resources to do it so you know you might feel that you know there will be some people who are just throwing up their hands with joy because all of a sudden things are a bit quieter than they normally do you know that will be some people's experience but you know actually really giving yourself a break and and being kind to yourself and self-care and I realize that's a very broad statement but it's just so fundamentally important at the minute I, I think that's what I think that's really good, good tip actually I think that's great advice um over anything is yeah, it's having that almost like a so reward us. Let's reward ourselves. We've got every, you know, it's a great reward for our, us for having, you know, put up with this year or, or anything and everything that's been, because it's different for everyone. I know that. And I know some of it's going to be harder things, but to reward ourselves, I guess, would you, what do you think? Like, um, yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, obviously we're kind of limited in. Yeah where we can go and what we can do so I think actually attending to things that are on a much smaller scale you know keeping a good routine for example you know if whatever your interests are or things that make you feel good at home you know or the ways in which you feel uplifted you know they are always I think self-care can so easily be the thing that we deprioritize that falls down the waiting list it's the thing that we'll push back to tomorrow um and it's the first thing that kind of collapses when you know sort of we're busy with work or we're busy with family and pressures pile on but i think actually making space for it in your life whatever it looks like you know could not be more important and you know I think I, I really have a bugbear with this idea that, you know, because I see people punishing themselves an awful lot about like not being very productive, about not kind of using this time to achieve 500 things. And it, it's kind of like, well, you know, <laughs> we need to scale back a little bit. Yeah. Do you know what? One of the best pieces of advice I got at the beginning of the first lockdown um it was by Robin Waite, and it was just, do you know what, Matt, just relax. Just relax and enjoy the time. Um, and I, and I kind of didn't, I didn't, I, but I got a great balance out of it, and actually with the children coming over more, um, that, that for me was the best part of the whole 
So it uh, sounds sounds a bit horrible. I've enjoyed lockdown. Mm. Enjoyed this year as a business. No, it's been horrible and it's been a bit scary. But from yeah. what I got from it this year, um, it, it's been good. And I, I um, you know, when I probably said it on a couple of videos, there's, there's no other, there's no way I'd have had that time with with the kids the way we did. No. And it, and it was great. You know, we have them on the weekends. I see them, I have them quite a lot, to be fair. But to have them, you know, in that that period of time and spend that time with them, this, for me, was, yeah, sometimes it was a bit, <laughs> you know, when they, when they had their moments. But when, that, that's something that was very, that was my reward this year. Um, and, I, and I'm sure for them and the same, the time they would have had with their mum as well. So I think, yeah. I think that's really good advice. Is, is that, I mean, I've dived into busy this last lockdown, but that's a different story. Um, but I think it's really, really important. And sometimes I think there was this culture of, yeah, got to get up at 5 a.m., you got to do this, you got to get all this stuff done and um, hustle and, yeah, come on, oh, we got to, this. oh, okay. And then before you know it, and I used to, like, I mean, I used to be working all the time at one point, and it, it, it yeah. It's um, you know, it took its toll. I, I burnt out, and you know, it didn't help. Out. But I've I've learned from that. Is like, no, nah, you know what? If I'm gonna do, I might work a long period. Of, you know, most of a day, one day, but next, I'm no. I think I deserve a break. Yeah, and it can be so. You know, it sounds so simple. You know, it's a really yeah. <laughs> Like no one's going to listen to that and think I don't know what you're talking about but actually putting it into practice is so challenging because I think as a society we place so much value and, and self-worth on productivity on output and our worth is often you know can be determined by how busy we are how how much yeah. work you know yeah. it becomes a currency for social positioning or something yeah. unhelpful you know because our worth is something that's just intrinsic in ourselves it's just there and you know working yourself to the bone doesn't change that you already have it yeah but and I think it becomes less productive I think I, I found if I, mm -hmm. if I, I this last couple of weeks a bit different but generally the same with the, the full-time staff I'm trying to bring their hours down not change their pay not change their salary but bring bring hours down because you know we've got we'll just burn out it's, it's no good to anybody and you can't serve people the same way i'd rather have less clients to be honest yeah i think that's just such a healthy place to be though i mean i think i encountered a real sort of oh moment when i was sort of suddenly went to self-employed because I guess throughout my training it was quite intense because you're studying and working and learning all at the same time and then I kind of went back to this medium space where I was just working for somebody else but then it became self-employed and suddenly it's like well I get to decide how much I work and yeah. uh, <laughs> oh well what what should I be doing how much should I be working that's what other people do that's uh, but it's just you know there's yeah. a bit more so it's like do, do I want do I like working that much <laughs> but I think something that somebody once said to me was you know would 
if you're especially if you're your own your own boss maybe like would you consider yourself a good boss to yourself and I, I suppose you don't have to use that statement as an example for employment oh, really yeah. yeah yeah sorry you know would i rate myself <laughs> um yeah and it was kind of just a really interesting way to look at it because it's it's so i think um pervasive in society that we tend to overwork and overdo and overachieve and that is not where we are i don't think no, no i don't think so uh, and actually i mean before lockdown I, if I I tried doing um, something differently with, with what I do at work, and I, I structuring out that time, I'm going off on one now, aren't we? But structure out the time differently. I went off a bit <laughs> track this last week or so, but that's okay. It's only till the end of next week. I've got this challenge with I'm running, um, but I'd maybe set an alarm for 25 minutes. So I, I would just write no phone, no anything, and I just do what I need to do in 25 for 25 minutes. Alarm goes off. I will stop. Have a like a five minute break, and actually that was so much more productive and i got loads more done uh, i had more time for just chilling out or if i wanted to go and train i'd go and train and then the lockdown came <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's, that's great if you can you know because i think procrastination is another thing that we can be very wonderful at beating our heads ourselves over the heads with is you know sort of eking something out and then beating yourself up for not doing it. I mean, I'm a, I can be guilty of that myself, but... Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like, when you've got to do something, how great the ironing pile can sometimes look, or... <laughs> I get like, crazy things I don't like doing, I will... Should I do my books there? Oh, no, do you know what? I really need to clean the house. <laughs> I mean, I get exceptionally creative when my tax returns do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I have to get an accountant for that in the end. It got too much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, what um, what's what's your plans for twenty twenty one? Where is it? Are you just carrying on? Have you have you kind of has this kind of awakened you to think actually no, this is where I really want to be with the counselling or uh, life in general? Um. Oh, there's a bit of me that wants to respond with like, yeah, I'm doing this <laughs> hugely wonderful thing. But I think it will be more of, of this, really. As I say, I think for me, this work is um, very meaningful, very rewarding work. But it's also the sort of stuff that, you know, you, you just never stop learning. You never stop growing, you know, as people were constantly evolving and, you know, we, you know, kind of people that come with the idea that I want to be fixed. <laughs> it's, it's like actually, you know, it's an ongoing process that we exist through and evolve through throughout our lives. So, and there's just so much to kind of keep going with yeah, where true. I am at the minute. I mean, I think the way in which I work might look a little bit different given that things changed uh, quite a bit over the last year. But yeah. Yeah, we've all had to get used to the old Zoom <laughs> or Teams. Uh, something I, I did, we, we talked about before we came live, actually, I was, I was going to mention it um, during the show. So 
you're quite young for a counselor and you were telling me that um you're very determined and in and relentless i guess in you know going for this training and i and i think it's an asset that you know that you i know you've been doing it for eight years now so you know it's quite a long time but like you said something i thought yeah that's, that's quite true it's normally maybe a bit of a you know someone's maybe older that would start and you, but you're like no you knew exactly what you wanted to do so yeah how was that <laughs> I don't know, ask me in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an asset. I think in 20 years, it, it means that you're, you're obviously a great counsellor. I, I, like I said to earlier, you, you got that warmth, that empathy and that and the understanding and, and that, you know, that intuition to think, like, well, this is how we, how I work with you and, you know, put people on the right path. So I feel that that the experience you probably, like, probably that you have got over the last, you know, eight or more years has, has been quite powerful. And I, I guess as as it goes on, it, it makes you, um, puts you in a position of, you know, a, a great counsellor. And actually just when you described, you know, what to do if you were thinking about counselling, you didn't really say about yourself. You, you gave genuine great advice in that it's a relationship. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, I think, and I think that's so important. And I, I say it a lot, you know, from my perspective with martial arts, it, like you're having a, a relationship with this person in terms of you know how you're going to interact and it's important that you know it, it, that they're the right person and and you know it's a two-way thing otherwise it, it doesn't work and then it's not fair to anyone i guess so um i kind of went off the track <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i think so i just when you were telling me um it was really impressive because it was like no i like you said it, you had that tunnel vision of this is what you want, wanted to do. And like, how hard was it hard to get started in that at, um, at a younger age? Um, it's, <laughs> I think it's been a process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's been, a, I think counselling training is quite a unique experience because it's not just about what you learn academically or theoretically i think as i said to you that that only kind of goes so far you have to live it a bit as well you have to have your own therapy you have to go through that process and if you want to be in it you kind of have to make a willing commitment to be evolving all the time and to be willing and ready to have help with that and to kind of you know do things that support that growth and as I say, it, it's not easy, you know, but over time, I think I, I become less scared about changes and when it happens, it doesn't ever mean it's easy. Mm. It doesn't ever mean it comes without pain or difficult experiences come without a degree of suffering. But I think there's a position that you can hold, which is, you know, I'm going to my, my position is that I'm going to embrace this and, you know, maybe there's more that might come out of this experience for me. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, <laughs> that's been quite a challenging thing, I think, to get, you know, to, to go through and get to that point as well. I mean, I, I do remember being terrified of going to therapy myself <laughs> because I, it's scary, man. I get that. Yeah, like it's that's, that's that's quite important because I guess you you, in, you know you need to understand how it's. Mm. Yeah, it's scary. I, I've been. <laughs> but, I, but it's I just, 
think it's it's so it takes so much courage and I'm I might have already said this tonight but I'm never not in awe of yeah. how much courage that it can take to, to even pick up the phone to a stranger and that relationship that you build you know there is a growing body of research of understanding within the theoretical within the psychological field of counselling that, that really upholds the relationship between a counsellor and a client as, you know, one of the most important vehicles for any change to happen. Yeah. And it kind of resonates with me, I think. Yeah. You know, I, it, it, sorry, yeah, but it must, um, it must feel quite privileged as well to see that change happen. How's that? How do you, obviously you can't, like you said, you, you have to, you can't talk about anything, but how does it feel when you, you see someone that's maybe come in and it maybe feel broken or wherever they are, and then they they evolve and they, they kind of go off and... I mean, what, when that happens, it's, it's magical, you know, and it, you just, you know, those are the moments where you just think you're just so lucky to be, you know, kind of passenger alongside that person, and that's you know i think quite rare in in the, the ex human experience to kind of be privy to that information about somebody yeah um but that's not to devalue you know if people come and you know i guess the goal isn't always to have kind of gone through a huge transformation sometimes it's just about getting through what's happening right now and that's not of a lesser value either no yeah yeah I get, I get that and i think um sometimes the value in that is just literally <laughs> i take this off and pop it over um, yeah. I, I mean i remember um where i used to live it, it was um i used to live in Abbeymead in gloucester so it was not too far from where coney hill um hospital was so it was a clock tower there and there was something above the door always um, it was something about we carry each other's burdens. And I guess that's kind of the role that you have. You kind of almost, you can't fully remove it, but it's just, I guess, you how sometimes, you know, they, they're taking off whatever the burden may be in terms mm. of grief or. Um, yeah, I think we can't, you know, I can't fix anything, you know, we can't fix not. I, we can't fix other people's stuff or problems. You know, it's just not within our power. The things ultimately we're only ever in control of for ourselves are, you know, it's our thoughts, our actions, our feelings. Those are the things that we can control. But there is something um, that is so important about that standing alongside and really listening and hearing someone's experience in a meaningful way I think which actually feels as though you're not carrying that on your own yeah my mum reminded me she worked there for a bit so she just put it out I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I think that's I think that's I think that's the key there just before we finish up is that we are in control aren't we and and sometimes we just need a bit of try that door or go this way yeah and I guess that's actual role and um because and what a great way because i i don't want i wouldn't want to 
I can't make people do martial arts. I can't make them great at martial arts. You can only show the person the way. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's like that. What's that saying? You can lead a horse to water, or, or no? Mm -hmm. cool. Teach a man to fish. You can fish for a man and uh, elite for a day, or you can teach them to fish and elite for the rest of their life. So I feel that's that's the responsibility that I guess you you have, and and I guess they must really come. You know, some of the, um, they, they got those tools. So no, it doesn't change anything that's happened. But I guess it helps us. I know from my experience, it, it just it gives me those gave me those tools to you know understand the why yeah and, and just how you can be in the world and how you know it's like accessing your own stuff and your own potential isn't it yeah definitely but what Samantha said here sometimes we just need someone to point out the obvious as we're so bogged down with it and I yeah that's pretty much, pretty much it yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, we can very much be in a space where it's just it's so difficult to see the wood for the trees, isn't it? That, you know, it takes somebody that's objective and, yeah, our family and not and friends are, you know, not always that. Uh, here we go. we got all the comments are coming in now at the end. <laughs> Jackie, did you, did you train with Jackie? I don't know if she's in your class in the mornings. Oh, I might recognise her. Ah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I was the saying I was trying to come out and lead a horse to water, but you can't uh, make it drink. So, yeah. and I guess that's, you know, the, the role that we have. Gemma, it's been absolute, I, we've, we've gone past the hour, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been absolute pleasure having you on. I'd love to get you back on um, wow. in the new year. I, I'm booked up <laughs> into January now, but great to get you back. Um, and some real insightful tips and just about, you know, what you do and how you came to be and some, you know, good tips generally there. So thank you very much. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. I feel like I can't actually remember what we've spoken about now. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was just a chat. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I had notes. I was, you know, so, yeah, this will be really interesting. But where we've gone, I don't know. So <laughs> oh, don't worry. Um, if you know, anyone wants to contact Gemma, obviously, um, can they do it? What's the best way? Um, so I've got a website which is gloucestershirecounselling.com and then I'm on the major directories which are counselling directory and psychology today. Brilliant. Oh, could, I, I think I've put one of your a link I found through the directory. Would you mind afterwards just pop them um, in the comments, you know, your main link or, or send it over and I can put it on the different things, yeah. All right. Well, that's it, everyone. Um, thank you very much. Uh, I will see you all next week. Have a great week. We're coming out of lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> and I know some of maybe it's coming out into different, you know, the tears all changed and everything else. And I have my little rant. I don't know if you did, Gemma, did you? <laughs> I'm still trying to make sense of it, to be honest. <laughs> I, I thought it was the worst advent calendar ever. <laughs> um, but we will all get through, and um, I hope you've had some good tips from tonight. Just, I think the I, my favourite one, Gemma, was let's let's reward ourselves somehow, some way, yeah. one way or another. I think that's the best one. All right, bye everyone. Peace, love, bye bye.